ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Post to Post show. I'm Nick Matina, joined alongside me, Ryan Kraut, just us two today. Anthony is not with us. He is actually overseas in Italy, having a beautiful time over there, so I hope he has a good trip. But today it's just going to be me and Ryan for the show. Ryan, it's been a while since we've been on the airwaves here for Post to Post. How you been, man? Uh, I've been good. How have you been? It's been a while since you've been here. Yeah, it has been a while. You know, I uh, had some uh, busy weeks getting up in the finals of for school and stuff. Now with the internship I have during the summer. But uh, it's good to be back and on the airwaves of uh, thewave.org where our show is being broadcasted. So right now it is a very, very crazy and important week for the NHL. Stanley Cup Finals started last week and they're finally rolling in and... Boston has a heavy two to one lead. This series is good, Ryan. Yes, it is, and uh, it's aside from the last game, it's a lot closer than I think a lot of people expected. I think a lot of people thought Boston was gonna run away with it, but St. Louis is is holding their own. Like they're bound, every team's bound to have a bad game. It was just so happened that it was game three for the Blues, mm-hmm. but. I think they'll they'll rebound okay, and they're sticking with Bennington, which definitely a good choice. He's the one. He's one of the main reasons that they're here. Yeah, we'll we'll get into more of the Stanley Cup final talk in just a little bit. But uh, some news coming out of the NHL. First, Grizzlecheck is out for Game Four, but he could return at a later date. Uh, he's going under concussion protocol after getting hit by Oscar Sundquist in the first period of Game Two. You saw that hit. What did you think of it? Uh. I thought it was kind of 50-50. I don't think it necessarily deserved a suspension, especially since I'm I mean I didn't watch the game but I'm pretty sure it only got a 2-minute call. Uh yeah, he did get called for uh boarding and he received a one-game suspension but he's back tonight. Yeah, so if it's a 2-minute call, I don't really think there should have been a suspension. I think the only reason they did it is be- because of this, the same sort of situation that happened with um, Charlie McAvoy against, uh, I think it was either the Blue Jackets or the Hurricanes. There was a shoulder that had hit, and mm-hmm. it was a two-minute call. But I think it was, was the conference suspension. finals. I think it was against Carolina, yeah. if I'm mistaken. So I think that's that's really the reason that the league did it. I don't necessarily think it deserved a suspension. It was, it was a weird hit. It was... One of those, like, 50-50, I could see it going either way mm-hmm. kind of things. Uh, so John Moore filled in for Grezelchek for his timeout. You know, the future, future, the former New Jersey Devil and New York Ranger. He played in a few, uh, I, but I believe John Moore did play in that Rangers run to the Stanley Cup back in 2014. Uh, he made a little bit of an impact, but, you know, he gets to play one game here. I'm sure he played a few during the playoffs, but John Moore was, you know, John Moore's a name that, if you need him, he'll do his part. Yeah, he's kind of like a, a seventh D kind of guy. Yeah, and, he's a seventh defenseman. And yeah, he does have that playoff experience being with the Rangers, and I'm pretty sure he's with the Devils for their uh, playoff berth uh, last season. I believe right? it was your last season or the year before that, one of the two. Yeah. Um, so, and so Grizzlecheck has seven there. points in his 19 Stanley Cup games this year, but uh, he should be back at a later date. That's what Bruce Cassidy said, at least. Uh, it'd be good for him to get back before the Stanley Cup Finals end unless Boston closes out in the next two. Uh, so for St. Louis, Vince Dunn is back in for Game 4. He mix, missed six games with an injury, and he will replace Robert Bertuzzo on the lineup. Yeah, and he was uh, injured, so 
he, he's coming back from injury. Always good to see someone coming back from injury. Missed six games after an upper body injury. Boituzo, Boitu, excuse me, held he held his own. He was doing a, a pretty solid job on the Blues uh, defense, but done. He he's got seven points so far this playoff uh, run. Two goals, five assists. So. It's always nice to have someone who can uh, put some points up back in your lineup. Mm-hmm. And Vince Dunn on the season finished the year with 78 games played. He only missed four games, which is pretty good for a second-year player. Uh, 12 goals and 23 assists and a 14-plus minus. So he had a solid year. He was kind of one of the quiet guys on you know, St. Louis, if you, you know, if you're talking about Tarasenko and O'Reilly yeah. and all those guys. But he definitely made an impact this year, and he could definitely you know, show some more strength going into this game four. Yeah, he he definitely can. It's uh, curious to see how the Blues are gonna perform with him back in the lineup. So, with that being said, let's finally talk about this Stanley Cup playoffs. So, Stanley Cup final. Man, it, I believe the last time we had a show, it last was, time we had a show was the uh, we're like halfway through the second round. Yeah, now we're all the way at the final. Boston is up two to one in this series, and you know it, this series could go really either way. And I'm not really sure, you know, where it could go from here because I, my prediction was Boston's going to close it in six. That was that was mine. Too. And that was also Same yours. One. And but you know, people were like, "Oh, it would be funny if St. Louis swept Boston because because that the, would just be the constant the, theme the going on." Would continue. Everyone who said that, I said, "You're out of your mind, Boston." Mm-hmm. Boston's not getting swept. Yeah. I mean, Whether they win or not is something else. They are not getting yeah. swept. And if you guys listening do not know what we were talking about, so the Islanders started in round one by sweeping the Pittsburgh Penguins, and then the Islanders were swept in the second round by the Carolina Hurricanes, who were then swept in the third round by the Boston Bruins. So people thought, hey, it's going to happen. It the, st- the stars aligned. St. Louis is going to sweep Boston, but no, it's a 2-1 to series Boston leads. Yeah, and they had a very dominant game in Game 3, which somewhat, I wouldn't say surprising for Boston, but surprising that St. Louis, I wouldn't say let it happen, but that it happened in St. Louis mm-hmm. with, with the crowd there and having it be their first Stanley Cup final game it's, at home so in long. almost 50 years. Yeah. So it was, I'm sure it wasn't the best thing for the fans to see, but they were definitely happy that they were playing in the Stanley Cup final again. Yeah, yeah especially you have you have two teams this year that have made the finals for the first time in a long time, and with the Toronto Raptors also in the NBA, but that's their first time ever. So that's a whole different story. You know, too, it, it's kind of nice to see fans finally get what they deserve after yeah. a long wait. You know, and see them kind of enjoy that excitement and the energy inside buildings during those cup finals so uh in that game that seven to two win over st louis charlie coyle had a goal and assist nordstrom had two goals and assist and i believe tory krug had himself an excellent day a goal and three assists for tory krug he really has been showing himself uh on this defensive lineup and he he's a future on of the defensive line for this uh, Boston Bruins team, you know, also paired next to Charlie McAvoy. But, you know, once guys like Chara and John Moore are gone, it, these are your top two guys. Yeah, you need Tory Crew. They're going to need to uh, re-sign Charlie McAvoy whenever his contract is up. And 
they don't, especially with uh, we don't know how much longer Chara is going to play. It's going to be at least next year, but he's getting up there. He's forty-two. Mm. I mean, he could pull a Yager and stay he, for a while. Yeah, but he's play, he's they giving him the most time on ice. He's playing. Which he played is twenty. Very surprising. He played twenty-four a and a half guys. minutes. And Charlie McAvoy played 24 minutes and 16 seconds, and then Tori Krug played just around 22 minutes. So you're still giving Zdeno Chara, who's right in his mid-30s now. No, I'm so, oh God, I wasn't close. 42. Yeah, he's 42. He's you don't know how much longer he's gonna play. So I thought he was a lot younger. I mean, he, but they like you said, they signed him for another year. So we'll see when this comes. You know, it'd be kind of nice for him to get maybe his second Stanley Cup and kind of go out with a bang. Maybe he rip up the contract right in front of him. <laughs> He'd be like, yo, I'm gone. See you later. Yeah, go out on top. I mean, Peyton Manning did the same thing, went out on top. So Yeah. I mean, but he did sign for an extra year. So I don't know if that's exactly, you know, allowed, I guess you could say. But There's always ways around everything. Yeah, that is true. But St. Louis on their side, kind of a rough night. Uh, three players with a minus two, uh, plus minus and the only pers- people excuse me, to score was uh, Colton Periaco and Barbership. So not two of the top guys yeah, not- on St. Louis. So that kind of, it's concerning when you're looking at guys like Pat Maroon and Braden Shen, who no goals and no assists on the night. Maroon had a negative two, you know, and especially Vladimir Tarasenko, six shots and nothing. Yeah, and I mean, this playoffs, it has been hard to put something past uh, Tuka Rask, but especially when you're one of the top players in the league in Vladimir Tarasenko, you're going to expect at least something at some point. Mm-hmm. But six shots, not able to put anything past Rask. It was a it was a tough day for everyone on the Blues, especially uh, Jordan Bennington, pulled for the first time in his career. So, Yeah, that's, that's you know something you don't like seeing. But that's a good point because they've really been sticking with Bennington this whole entire run. They really like what he did at the end of the year, and they, uh, they had to make that executive decision to keep him in the blue paint. Yeah, and he's he's proved that he deserves the playing time. It's, he's one of the main reasons that the Blues are in this situation. They were down and out, absolutely last team in the league in January, and they put him in net. Everyone's like, who is he? Yeah. Like, we're just happy Jake Allen's not in net anymore, but who is he? <laughs> and then they see what he does, and... He leads into the Stanley Cup Finals, and he's just been absolutely outstanding. Everything the Blues needed, and way more. Personally, I think he's he could win the Calder. All year I thought it was going to be Elias Pettersson. Then Biddington happened, and so I think it's mm. Biddington really deserves everything that he's gotten this year. So this playoff run so far, the 25-year-old who has been starting in net in this Stanley Cup Finals, uh, 22 games played. 13 and 9 in the playoffs, 56 goals allowed, a 56 save percentage and a 91 save percentage. So that doesn't sound right. No, I'm sorry. 56 <laughs> I saw 56, it was 560 saves. That's what I meant to say. So 91% save percentage and a 2.5 goals allowed average. It's pretty solid. Yeah, that's yeah. that's at least for a 25-year-old goal, yeah, you know, t- keeper and a 25-year-old rookie at that. Yeah, and he has an assist also. <laughs> there you go. He can, what can't he do? Yeah. Um, one thing I noticed while looking up the rest of these games was that the losing team in each game has only been held to just two goals. So, you know, if the team is in the lead and stuff, the other team has been held very slim. 
you know, goalie goalies as soon as they have, you know, maybe two goals let up, just don't you just stop. Yeah, yeah. You, and especially in well, the playoffs in general, but specifically in the finals, you have to fight for every goal. And uh, both coaches in um, Boston and St. Louis, once you get two goals, they're like, all right, defense first. Mm-hmm. Because well, everyone knows the saying, defense wins championships, and that's what they're trying to prove here. So once you get that third goal, it's you kind of just lay back on the offense a little bit and start focusing more on the defense and helping out your goaltender. Yeah, and it all started from game one where St. Louis opened the scoring with two quick goals and then Boston with four unanswered to win that one. St. Louis won 3-2 to two in overtime and then St. Louis lost 7-2. to two. But game four is tonight, 8 o'clock on NBC and the Boston Bruins will be playing game four in St. Louis where St. Louis will be hosting and... They're actually looking, the Bruins now are looking for their sixth straight road win in the playoffs. So they're a very good team on the road. And at home too, but the road is, they've really been proving themselves. Yeah, they're, as you said, they're a very good team just overall. And you have to be to get to this point. But they've been absolutely dominating on the road, having won their uh, game three in St. Louis, both games in Carolina, which were Carolina's only two home losses of the entire playoffs. And then having won a couple games in Columbus, including the the clincher, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure they clinched in Columbus. Uh, I believe, yeah, they swept, and they had the they were the top seed. Yeah, so they've been proving themselves on the road. It's it is very hard to win games in the playoffs on the road, and the Bruins are just making it look so easy. So, with that being said. You know, going into Game Four, what do you see for both team positive and negatives that you think they both have to change in order to for St. Louis to get this series back and tied, or for Boston to take a three to one lead tonight? Well, for for St. Louis, I think that it was kind of a little bit of a wake up call, saying, "Hey, like we're in the the finals, we know we deserve to be here, but now we have to play like it." Mm-hmm. So I think they're gonna they need to tighten up the defense. Um, be more of a, a wall before uh, the puck gets to Bennington. Shut down Boston as best as they can, which it's not an easy task, but they're going to have to figure out a way to do it. And for Boston, if if they want the things to keep going their way, just, just keep sh- shooting the puck any in any way, shape, or form. doesn't matter if it's necessarily a good shot because they have a lot of guys who are net front presences that will just be there to grab rebounds. And Krejci does that a lot. Bergeron does that a lot, which is part of the reason that they're in the position that they're in. So I think they need to keep focusing on that if they want to come away with this series victory. So with that being said, we're going to step aside for a quick break. When we come back, we'll be talking more NHL here on Post to Post on thewave.org. Need something to break up the boredom of sitting in traffic? How about some tunes? Listen to Rush Hour Rock with me, Dan Casaza, every Thursday from 4 to 5. I'll liven up your Rush Hour with music spanning from all your favorite rock genres. From your dad's 70s classics to the hardest grunge of the 90s. And even the rock hits of today. So let's rock your Rush Hour every Thursday from 4 to 5 p.m. Only on the wave, the sound of LIU. 
Total Access is your show for all the hits. I still can't Want more? Then don't forget to check out Total Access. Listen Tuesdays from 4 to 5 on The Wave. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Post to Post here on thewave.org. Nick and Tina, join alongside me, Ryan Kraut, for today's show. You mentioned before, Anthony isn't here today. He is on vacation. Hope he's enjoying his time and maybe listening if uh, he's got that clock. I don't, it's, a six, not, it's six hours sure ahead. Hey, is, if he's no. up at 11 o'clock, I mean, I'm sure he's dedicated to the show. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so now that we talked a little bit about the Stanley Cup and Game 4, we're going to move on to a little bit of the offseason for other teams. Some important things going on. You know, we have the draft that's only about two or three weeks away now. But alongside that, we have free agency. So free agency, the start date is Monday, July 1st at 12 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. And there's some really notable free agents this year. It, it is a huge, huge free agent class. It's much better than the one from, from last year. Last year it was just John Tavares and everyone else. Now it's almost whoever you sign, you're going to get a star, if not a superstar player. There's a lot of big names out there. And we're actually, speaking of July 1st, it is a Monday, so we will have our free agent frenzy show that day at 5 o'clock. I believe it ends around 5 o'clock, right? Doesn't it? I think it just. Oh, it just starts. Just whenever. Yeah, like, it, you're right. My bad. <laughs> you can start signing. Okay, so. By that time, hopefully we'll have a few signees. Oh, I'm sure we will. Uh, but you never know. It could be super quiet. <laughs> I mean, it is possible. There's a lot of players that have uh, that are going to need offer sheets, More, most notably probably Mitch Marner. Mm. So let's go over some important names in this 2019 NHL free agency. Let's start at the very top. Four Washington Capitals are free agents going into July 1st. So we have Devontae Smith-Pelly, Brett Connolly, Carl Hagelin, and Brooks Orpik. So out of those four names, who do you really like on that free agency list? Out of those names, I th- think, and I'm, I'm pretty sure um, Burakovsky's on there too. That's somewhere. I'm pretty sure he's going to be a free agent. But f- for the Capitals, I think they got to look to keep Brooks Orpik. He's been anchoring them defensively, and he's... He's been a, he's been in the league for a long time. He's proven himself. He's proven his worth. They love him in Washington. I think that they're going to need to focus on him. Don't see Haglin going back there. He was only there for a couple months. Uh, not not sure about uh, Smith Smith Pelly and Connolly what their future has in store for them. But I think the uh, Capital need to for, focus on um, Brooks Orpik. All right, so moving on to the rest of the list, some other notable names. Sergei Bobrovsky and Artemi Panarin. It's pretty simple here. I kind of think Bobrovsky is going to stay in Columbus. Really? I don't. Really? Because he I know there was sold some, his yeah. apartment and everything. Yeah. I didn't think he was going to say stay whether he did or he didn't sell his apartment, but I think at a very minimum, he's going to test free agency. Mm. 
But I, I just don't see him going back. I don't see either of them going back. I mean, as a Ranger fan, everybody knows that we really want our Temi Panarin in, in the red, white, and blue well, yes. in New York. Because, you know, Rangers signed John Davidson as the new president of the uh, New York Rangers, which was a huge deal. And people are like, okay, he knows Panarin. Maybe uh, have him on speed dial and be like, hey, listen, I'm here now. The, the we can, sh- we can love share bunk beds. To <laughs> <laughs> share bunk beds. The media does love to jump to conclusions, though. Like, there have been Panarin to the Rangers rumors for a long time, but the media likes to jump to conclusions. Like, there's one that's surfacing now for the, for the Islanders. Um, Matt Martin held this charity event, and there was a lot of Islanders there, obviously, because he's on the Islanders. Mm-hmm. And Mitch Marner was there. Everyone's like, Martyr to the Islanders confirmed. I'm like, they're friends. They played in Toronto for like two, three years. Like, calm down. Yeah. I mean, but that's just the media nowadays. Media always jumps straight to conclusions. So, moving on, probably the one of the most, I was not English, probably the most important name on this whole entire list, in my opinion, is Eric Carlson. And, you know, like you said, the media kind of creates and stirs things up. He Did you see the tweet he released? Yeah. Pretty much right after the Sharks were eliminated, he thanked the city for everything they did mm-hmm. They did for him, welcoming him in the whole season. And to everyone that kind of screamed, all right, so you're leaving. Yeah, it was kind of um, interesting because the way it was written was to the point where it was like... It's like one of the... It was one of those tweets that players send out after they get traded. Yeah. And he probably has, like, in his drafts right now, a, uh, tw- a, yeah, a tweet that says... I'm so excited to join blank. Yeah. Thank you, blank, for the opportunity. <laughs> so I'm going to pull up that. Uh, and he announced that his decision's coming within, should be within the week, whether, not where he's going, but whether he's staying. Mm-hmm. So this was. I'm the, not yeah. sure because a lot of sharks have very expensive contracts. Yeah. I don't know, they probably can't pay for him. Yeah, I mean, they're, they have to resign it. Pavelski, which I'm sure they're going to because yeah. he's the captain. Mm-hmm. Thornton, not so sure about. He'll probably end up back there on a one-year deal. But between... Yeah, they'll probably pay him something cheap. Between people like Brent Burns, who has a ridiculous contract, and I'm sure Couture's contract is is up there, and mm-hmm. people like Vlasic and I mean, unless, Jones. Unless Joe Thornton wants to go somewhere else for one more year and kind of test the water somewhere else. Because I know he... He wants. He probably wants to keep playing. Oh yeah, no doubt in my mind that he wants to keep playing. I mean, Gustav Nyquist is also on that list, but I don't think he's staying. I, I, there. I, I can't see him staying, but he might. They might sign him to like a short deal. But I could see Joe Thornton going somewhere else for one year, a short deal to another Cup contender team. I can't see him going to Canada. I could see him staying in the states. Yeah, he's definitely gonna stay in the states somewhere. But not, you know, not prove really me wrong, sure Joe Thornton. <laughs> Um, so the tweet from Carlson said, uh, thank you to the entire San Jose Sharks organization, fans, especially teammates. It was a great run that ended too early, but lots of great memories were created. The entire Bay Area has been nothing but classy and respectful to me and my family. Thank you. That is a goodbye tweet. That's, that's that is a such goodbye a tweet. goodbye tweet. <laughs> that's one of those tweets that you send. Thank you to every. Thank you for everything this organization's done for me. I look forward to joining my new organization. Yeah, it's in the drafts. It's totally I'm in the sure, drafts. I'm sure it is. It, and if it's not in his drafts, it's definitely in his notes somewhere. Mm-hmm. Probably has it all written out and everything. Just 
needs to fill in the blank. Yeah. So, all right, moving on to more important names. Uh, another really important name, Matt Duchesne. You know, I think Columbus will re-sign him. It's it's pretty smart if they do. If they don't, I don't know what they're thinking. If they don't, I'm. If they do, I think Ottawa gets more draft picks. <sighs> like Columbus they already gave had enough. Ottawa like their entire future. <laughs> That's crazy. Just, just, that's crazy just how much one trade can make such an impact on the future for one organization. Yeah. And they they didn't really help themselves either with the Dezingle trade. They gave up more draft picks. Mm-hmm. So pretty much for the next few years, Ottawa's drafting for both teams mm-hmm. at this point. Now, one question I want to ask you as an Islander fan, you guys just re-signed uh, one of your top guys. Brock Nelson. Brock yes. Nelson. Overpaid. <laughs> Go on. That's... Your opinion. Uh, now, I want to see how you feel about Jordan Everly. I personally would love to have Jordan Everly back, but I, I don't see it happening. They announced that they're more, they didn't say he's not coming back, but they said we're more focused on re-signing Anders Lee and Robin Leonard, which by all means they should. I think they have enough money to sign Everly. But, but can, can you see him testing the water as well? He's definitely going to test the water, yeah. I don't see him necessarily coming back especially if even if they try and go after Mitch Marner he's going to want a lot of money and Eberle's not going to come back if they get Marner they also have to save money next year because Barzal's contract is in his last year this for the upcoming season that's his his entry level deal right? it's his entry deal so he's going to want a lot of money they're going to give it to him oh they're absolutely going to give it to him Garth Snow probably not yeah. Lou Lamorello knows what he's doing. So we'll see how that goes. That's that's for our show next year. They should tune in. Uh, but other names, Justin Williams for the Carolina Hurricanes. You know, a good run for him with the Hurricanes, you know, where he started. But a tough ending getting swept in that Eastern Conference final. Do you see him saying goodbye to the NHL? Or do you see him just saying goodbye to the Carolina Hurricanes? Or I, maybe I don't necessarily neither. see either. Really? You see, th- you see him re-signing? I th- I see him resigning. They named him captain for a reason that they have tremendous faith in him. They had co-captains last year, which I think was kind of pointless. Yeah. But I'm, w- I'm waiting for the Rangers to name a captain. It's been too long without a captain. <laughs> but for for Williams, they obviously by giving him the C, they showed his they showed them that they have faith in him. He led them to a conference finals appearance, which no one expected. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's going to take that into consideration when making his decision. He obviously likes it there to have gone back in the first place. It's where he started, so I wouldn't be surprised if it's where he finishes. All right, so two more names on this important free agent list. Uh, Marcus Johansson, who has really been doing really well with the Boston Bruins this year, looking for a Stanley Cup. That was a very nice deadline move uh, by Boston to get him from the, the Devils. Fits right in on that on that second line for the Bruins. He's been doing very well, like you said. Chemistry was there pretty much instantly. And now he's just two wins away from being a Stanley Cup champion. So I'm sure that's going to be on his mind. Whether the Bruins offer him something or not is something else. But they do kind of lack right wingers. So I think they'll mm-hmm. try and keep him. I mean, he didn't play a lot this year. With Boston uh, during the regular season, at least he only played ten games with them and had three points. 
I he was our. I'm pretty sure he got injured. Yeah, at some point. I, I believe that was the point. But he is back in the playoffs, um, making a nice you know little move for himself. In 18 games, he has 11 points, so he's on the same track because he did with the 10 points. Uh, I mean, um, three points in 10 games. But uh, you never know. I mean, he could possibly if he wins a cup, he'll stay. You know, I, I that's that's always a huge factor. Yeah, uh, he is currently he's only 28, which. So he, he I thought he was a good deal. I, I thought he was, I thought he was in the league a lot longer. I feel like he's been around for a long time. He was drafted in 2009. So he's been in the league for 10 years now. Okay. That makes that makes sense, but I could see him staying. Uh you know, he started with the Washington Capitals and then made his way for a year or two years, I'm sorry, with the Devils. Yeah, they traded him to the Devils. Yeah. For cap relief. So, you never know with Marcus Johansson and then uh lastly, you know, I said before a big name was a guy like Artemi Panarin or Carlson, but really Wayne Simmons. You know, he signed with the Natural Predators. I'm sorry, was traded to the Natural Predators at the trade deadline uh, along with Brian Boyle and another Ranger. It's slipping from my head at the moment. Wasn't it Cody McLeod? It was Cody McLeod, yeah. So Cody McLeod was on the Predators before. So the Predators went into the playoffs with Brian Boyle, Wayne Simmons, and Cody McLeod. That if you put them all in one line, I would just bring out the ambulance. Like, th- <laughs> like there's so much body on that one line. It's that, a very, ag- very aggressive tandem right there. To, like, do you see Wayne Simmons going back to Philly? Going back to Philly now? At all? No. I I don't think I don't even know if they're gonna offer him anything. I think they're still trying to find out or figure out where they are as an organization. Yeah, because right now they're nowhere. They, right now they're nowhere, and having just given uh, James Van Riemsdyk a $7 million a year deal, I don't really necessarily see them giving out another big contract. They, I do see them at least looking for some sort of goalie help. I still don't understand. They, they need that. They burnt out Carter Hart. I still don't see the point of getting Cam Talbot if he played, like, three games. I mean, I guess they're looking more towards next year. So, but they'd have they have to re-sign him. I don't know what they're doing, but they were, I don't think they know what they're doing. But they need to figure it out. Weren't they close to making the playoffs? I think they were. They were up and down for a while, but then at the end, it was just no. I know they were, they were re- relatively close. Uh, they finished in sixth in the Metro, so they were. Yeah, I I mean I think they made a um a run for the wild card. Were, did they weren't they just out of a couple points of the wild card? If I'm not mistaken. I think so. I'm trying to pick it up here. Um yeah, they four points from Columbus. And you know, Columbus got lost in the first round. So uh, second, second round. round. Sorry, my bad. Against Boston, right? No. Yeah. Okay. Against Boston. Yeah. I don't know why I'm second guessing myself right here. I know my stuff, don't worry. <laughs> Um, so with that being said, we're going to step aside for another break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the young kids, the draft and the combine currently going on. The draft is actually in a couple of weeks, but the combine is. So we're going to talk about Capo Caco, Jack Hughes, and all those other guys right after this quick break. Listen to Post to Post here on The Wave. 
The new sound of Long Island University has arrived with a splash. The wave brings you the hottest new music, exclusive coverage of LIU sports, and updates on everything happening at Long Island University. It's the station for the students, by the students. Tune in and catch the wave. Visit liuwave.org or download the WCWP app for iOS and Android. Have you ever wondered what it's like to be part of a crime scene investigation? Join the Forensic Science Club, open to all majors. Experience what detectives do at the scene of a crime with new interactive forensics labs every week. General meetings are Wednesdays during Common Hour in the Life Science Building, Room 140. And check us out at Facebook.com slash LIU Forensics and on Instagram at LIU Post Forensics Club. Welcome back to Post to Post. You're on the wave.org. Nick Matina, joined alongside Ryan Kraut for today's show. And we just talked a little bit about the Stanley Cup playoffs and free agency, which, you know, Stanley Cup playoffs, we're in game four. We're very close to a possible ending where Boston could win the next two and just end this series. Free agency starts on July 1st, but closer than expected is the NHL 2019 entry draft. Day one and round one is Friday, June 21st, and then rounds two through seven will be Saturday, June 22nd. And, you know, things are heating up on the draft side with, you know, the first three picks because, I mean, really it's one and two. Yeah, the first two are pretty much, they're not pretty much, they're solidified. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of who goes one and who goes two. It's been that way for for months now. So right now, one and two could possibly either be Jack Hughes, the American, or Capo Caco, the Finn. The uh, Finn. Finn. That's what I, I couldn't think of what to call Finnish people for a second. The, the Finn. So Jack Hughes, you know, the combine was this past weekend. And some news in that shakeup. Jack Hughes decided to sit out of Saturday's testing at the NHL Combine. And he said, quote, I think I knew coming into the combine I wasn't going to do the testing because I really haven't trained for it playing hockey the past two months. Uh, He told an NHL.com reporter that, and he also said he hasn't really had a break, and it just didn't make sense to do the testing. His body needed a break. and But he did say he's a competitive kid, and he felt like he could have done well in some of the stuff. So in a sense, I feel like that's reasonable. But also, there's a side of me that thinks – Come on, man. You're trying to hold this spot on number one. Can't you just push yourself a little more? Then you have, like, a, maybe a couple weeks to just relax. But, yeah. You know? Like, he's. I get where he what he's saying and where he's coming from. He's had all these tournaments. He's had the World Juniors, the U18, all of that. And I totally get that. It's draining having doing that for these past few months. But if you're in the routine of it, and with the draft this close, an extra day or two is not nece- is not gonna like kill you. Mm-hmm. And you know, and you're an athlete. You know how to prepare for this stuff. You know, I feel like he could have just set himself up for it. You know, better than he thought he was going to. But you know, he it's not. It, it's one day, and that's kind of funny because comparing to Capo Caco, who is currently projected at two, has really made a name for himself. And especially in the world championship that just took place, he won gold. He put on a highlight reel in the world championship, but he decided to sit out of the entirety of the NHL combine 
to stay in Finland to celebrate the gold medal with his team. Yeah, that's that's not necessarily a, a good look for him. I don't necessarily think GMs are gonna gonna like that. I think they'll appreciate that he's a team guy and wants to stay there with his with his team, with his country, celebrate the gold. But at the same time, he does have some business to attend to. And I'm curious I don't think it will, but I'm curious to see if it will affect his draft stock. Worst that happens is maybe he's bumped down to three and he goes to Chicago. No. But I don't even see that happening. I, I don't I don't see it either. I mean, he's he, only 18. He might just get a talking to be, being like, okay, you, you had something to do, do it. Yeah. End of story, you're here, welcome kind of thing. I, I'm just very interested to see if it makes an impact, if, if it kind of shakes up, you know, maybe a little bit of the draft order. Not crazy. I still think it's going to be anything, Houston, Kako, one and two. It may have just cemented him at two. I mean, as a Ranger fan, I'm totally fine with that. But but then at the same time, Jack Hughes also sat out. So you But got he didn't that. sat out the entirety. That's the only difference. He only sat out a day, which I don't think is going to kill Jack Hughes. I think Jack Hughes is okay. I think he'll go as one. I think Kako will go two, even though I had a dream last night that Kako went one. And I was kind of hoping it was a nightmare because <laughs> I, I wanted to get Kako. As a Ranger fan, there's been a lot of talks of Kako being on highlight reel. But, you know, some, someone said, I believe on Twitter not too long ago, you know, imagine being Jack Hughes or, or being a Ranger fan and having to settle with Jack Hughes. I like that's like I don't I think they need to reword that because Jack Hughes, I'm if I'm given Jack Hughes on a silver platter, I'm going to be like, OK, cool. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with there's, that. There's nothing that. You don't settle for Jack Hughes. You you just kind of welcome him with open arms. It's yeah. not a bad thing mm-hmm. if you get him. Yeah. I mean, they're both 18. Jack Hughes is two months younger than Capo Caco, so they're that close in age. And it's kind of weird seeing kids younger than us go into the yeah, NHL draft now. They were born in, like, two, what, 2001? 2001. That's scary. Yeah. We just had the first, first uh, NHL players from 2000. Now 2001. You probably we know what a VCR tape is. Like, that's, <laughs> yeah, like it, you know, it's interesting coming from an older perspective now. You know, both of us. I mean, it's not yeah. like we're. I know it's like, not like we're 40 years yeah, old, but like I'm but saying, now we're talking about like people that are our age, like and younger getting drafted. I was actually at uh, an Islander game earlier in the year, and I was talking to some guy who uh, played against Charlie McAvoy. Oh, okay. And and then that's when it kind of hit me, like, God, that we're we're around that age now. Yeah, it it just coming to the point where wow, these kids are young. Like yeah. it, it's so, and especially just entering NHL draft right there. But there are some names um, that I wanted to talk about in a minute. But like I said, if it it affects the four things or four three things I should say that I'm really concerned about is that will it affect the way GMs look at them will it affect the way coaches look at them and will it affect the way NHL fans will look at guys like Jack Hughes and Capo Caco for their decisions during the combine fans i don't think so i think fans are less concerned about what players do off the ice and more concerned about what they do on the ice gms and coaches it might i don't think it'll affect the way they look at them but it might 
like raise a a little bit of a red flag just kind of like you have to do like this is something that's very important you got to do this but you choose not to Mm -hmm. just kind of like puts them a little bit on the weary side but overall i really don't think that either of them sitting out will have an impact on anything and just looking and stuff you know it's it's crazy because you know the new jersey devils and york rangers who have the number one devils have the number one pick overall this year the rangers have number two pick and the chicago blackhawks have three this is the first time in rangers history in franchise history they've had a top three pick and for the devils i'm looking up now i know it's been a few times um devils had the one pick just a couple years one, ago two, when they drafted he nico he's here yeah i'm looking at right now so one two three uh four oh wait no They've had quite a few. Yeah, four. On, uh, doing quick math here, ladies and gentlemen. Four. Uh, keep talking, Ryan. <laughs> Five. Yeah, the, the Devils have definitely had a lot of first, uh, well, at least top three picks. They. I'm very surprised the Rangers have never had a top three pick Because you've just been good. <laughs> Either that or the draft lottery was just not your friend. That is true. All right, so as it looks right now, with the Nico Heischer pick a couple of years ago, uh, just about seven, that's, eight. That's eight. A lot. They drafted Adam Larson fourth. So eight top three picks well, for the New Jersey Devils. Adam Larson, you said, was fourth? Uh, it was a fourth overall pick. That's not Okay, so that's not top three. Sorry. So seven, right? That's Eight minus one is seven. Yeah, seven. Yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> so, yeah, they drafted Nico Heischer in 2017. Uh, the... Switzerland boy who had 52 points in his first rookie season, which is pretty solid for you know a first overall pick. Um, and they had the sixth overall pick uh, last year. If that's cr- oh no, I'm sorry, that was, was sixth round. Sorry, I'm not looking at the right thing. Um, so you know, Rangers, it's a it's a big deal for the organization and everything to get a top three pick. Like you said, you know, it's kind of weird. You know, to see the Rangers this being their first yeah, overall like, top three pick. I'm used to seeing, like, the Devils I've seen there before. I'm used to seeing it be either the Leafs, the Oilers, or the Sabres that have the the number one pick because that's what it was mm-hmm. for for years. And now it's none of them are in the top three, and it's really it's, – it's weird, mm-hmm. especially with Toronto. It was either Edmonton or Toronto got the one pick every single year and now to see toronto in the 20s Mm -hmm. it's it shows how far they've come but it's it's just weird and what's cool too is that we could possibly see the next uh jonathan taves or patrick kane on the chicago blackhawks as the number three pick is alex turquette uh american player played in the ushl uh, could possibly be going to the Chicago Blackhawks with the third overall pick. You know, there's a possibility we could see the next new face of Chicago because Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves were part of the top three picks a long time ago now. And look at the impact they made yeah. on, on a place like Chicago. They made a, a huge impact. They won, what, three cups? The dynasty, man. Yeah. And, I mean, they're not anywhere as close to, to leaving anytime soon. Mm-hmm. But there could, like you said, there could be a new face. He's going to have to work his way up because Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves are still huge names in Chicago. 
but you may have someone who who comes in and in a few years is his name is up there with Patrick Kane and and Jonathan Taves. If if not in the league, then at least in the city. I'm I'm very, you know, interested to see, especially because that third overall pick is always interesting in my eyes. Because I always feel like one and two are always set in stone, you know, in a sense that they could be split one two or they could swap. But that third overall pick, I feel like always changes. You know, and sometimes the first overall pick changes too. You know, I was reading an article about the other day where um, John Tavares was supposed to go number one overall. He did go number one overall. I'm sorry. Thank you. That's what I meant to say. That he was projected to go at least three or four, but then, you know, whoever was supposed to go one, something happened to a point where, like, people were like, oh, wow, Tavares can actually help us out a lot. And he jumped in the draft. People were shocked. So kind of hoping it doesn't happen this year. When the Rangers come up and they're like, oh, yeah, we select... We're going to um, take Dylan Cousins. We're going to take a goalie. <laughs> Please, no. Like, we're set on that. Yeah, If they just come out of left field, you know. Drafting a goalie that high, really... I mean, I'm speaking from an Islander fan perspective where they drafted Rick DiPietro that high and it didn't pan out. Mm-hmm. But you don't... Unless you know he's going to be a franchise goalie like Flurry was, don't do it. Don't do it. Wait, second round, fine. First round, no, don't do it. Yeah. I mean, there's a possibility that this can go either way because looking at NHL.com, you know, of the three um, writers that they had on this one article, they all say Hughes is going first. They all say Kako is going second. And then as soon as it hits third, it, it goes mixed. south because one one guy says it's going to be Turquette and then another guy says it's going to be Dylan Cousins. So that's what always interests me about the draft. And I'm definitely going to sit on my couch at night with food in my hand and watch this whole entire first round saying, ooh, I'm ready. I'm <laughs> I'm very interested in whatever draft day trades might be happening. That's always That's what I'm interested in, too. too. Because there's a lot of big-name restricted free agents that their rights could be traded stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Personally, I'm hoping Josh Hosang's rights get traded, but that's just me. He might not be there, though. <laughs> he might be late. <laughs> oh, maybe. <laughs> so with that said, we're going to step aside for one last break. When we come back, we'll take another look at tonight, Game 4 of the Stanley Cup playoffs. You're listening to Post to Post here on The Wave. Having trouble writing a paper? The LAU Post Writing Center is here to help. Located in Humanities 202, the Writing Center has peer tutors who are ready to help you with your writing skills. Brainstorming, outlines, thesis statements, ESL concerns, and more. We also have a lending library full of free books for anyone to take home. Stop by Humanities 202 to work one-on-one with a tutor or call us at 516-299-2732. And check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and our blog. Seen any good movies lately? Catch a movie for free right here on campus at the Gold Coast Cinema, located right inside Hillwood Commons. Check out the lineup at liu.edu slash post keyword cinema. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the last 15 minutes of Post to Post here on The Wave. Mick Matina and Ryan Kraut. And I just got a text from our friend over in Italy as he sent us his predictions for the rest of this Stanley Cup playoffs. He thinks that the St. Louis Blues are taking this in seven games. I mean, I, he's Anthony's one for bold predictions, but I don't, I, I don't know. 
I, I don't know if I see that happening. I actually I do know. I don't. I don't <laughs> see that happening. <laughs> I, Sorry, buddy, but it would be interesting. I think I, it would be very interesting. They would shock the. I would pretty much shock the entire sports world. I mean, it kind of screwed me over in my predictions, but. <laughs> I mean, both of my bracket, my big bracket had Boston winning. My redo bracket had Boston winning, but at least I had St. Louis in the finals in that one. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I don't see it happening. Would it be a tremendous, tremendous story? Yes, but I, I don't, I don't see it happening. But he's, I mean, you do you, Anthony. Like, <laughs> enjoy Italy. Yeah, <laughs> have fun eating your hard-boiled egg-covered pizza. Ugh. Let's not even go into that. Okay, so uh, let's wrap up this show by really focusing on game four tonight. Now, what's your prediction for tonight's game? I think that the Blues are going to take it. They're going to they're going to bounce back, and I'm going to set. I'm going to predict a score that's probably going to be wrong. I'm going to say sixty to five. <laughs> Oh, well, that's... Oh, God. I'm going to set 5-3. to St. Louis. St. Louis takes it. Okay. They bounce back. Any notable players making a good impact tonight? Um, Say, Tarasenko gets two points. Piran will get an assist. And Not really, really specific. I'm just talking about like, like, just someone that's going to jump out tonight at you. Bennington's definitely going to bounce back. Okay. I, I think that's going to be the biggest thing for him. He's going to bounce back. The Blues are going to tie it, go to Boston, and then they're going to lose, and then they're going to lose the next one. All right. Uh, I see Boston taking it tonight. To be completely honest with you, I see Boston winning in overtime. Uh, I don't know the exact score. I can't make a really good prediction on that. But I see Boston you know, playing a tough game, kind of behind a little bit in this one, but then scoring a, a late goal. To tie it like they do so many times, and then bring it to overtime and getting the game winner in overtime. Um, the one thing about that is I don't see them losing because you said Bruins in six. I don't see them losing a Stanley Cup Stanley Cup clinching game at home. That's the only thing. Yeah, I mean that's a good point. I I was gonna say the rest of the game's going as. Bruins win this one, and then St. Louis comes out on top because they're frustrated in game I think, five. I think this is going to be their frustration game. Okay. They, lo- they lost by five, gave up four goals on five shots, so Bennington's frustrated. The whole team's frustrated. This is going to be their frustration game. They're going to take it, and then they're going to get back in the series, and then Boston's going to be like, okay, we can't let them get back in the series, and then take it. So looking... Uh, through NHL.com, a couple of their keys to tonight's game. Uh, they think Bennington's going to make a nice bounce back in this game. Like you said, St. Louis might win this one. Uh, Bennington is 6-2 and two with a 1.84 goals against average in eight games following a loss in the playoffs. So that's something to really look at, especially coming into a loss of that, in game Of that four. magnitude, yeah. And it, it's kind of a little... I wouldn't say scary, but it's not a great thing that he's had this much experience or and that much success coming off a loss because you don't want to lose mm-hmm. a lot in the playoffs. But the fact that he is six and two and has a under two goals against that really speaks volumes 
at his determination to help his team after a loss. So other things to look at, uh, Tuka Rask. And that's one thing I noticed, that Tuka Rask really – Blues are playing tough and going straight at Tuka Rask, trying to throw him off his game, something we definitely saw in game two. And there's a couple – I believe there was a couple of goaltender interference calls on St. Louis. Um, now, how do you stop a thing like that and try to get – you know, Boston's a heavy-hitting team, and you're just going to let guys run right into your goalie like that? I, I don't... That's very uncharacteristic of them. They are they have a lot of big guys. Chara in particular, because Chara's a freak of nature. Mm-hmm. And so it is surprising that they're letting just that they're just kinda letting the blues go, get to to Rask, but he's holding his own. He's been absolutely outstanding in these playoffs. And personally I think he if the Bruins do hang on, I think he's gonna win the con Smythe. Who do you see winning on the Bruins if they win the cup? On the Bruins or the Blues? Oh, who'd you say? Two for the Bruins. Oh, you, I'm sorry. You said Tuka Rask winning it mm-hmm. if the Bruins win. And you said, do you think Bennington could win it if the Blues win? Or do you think a guy like... I think it would hmm. I think it would be someone else. Maybe It would probably either be someone like Tarasenko or Maroon or someone like that. I think the 7-2... to loss really kind of put a damper on things for Bennington. Not saying it's all his fault. It is, it's of course a team effort, but that that's going to come into consideration. But I think someone like Tarasenko or, or Maroon could, could win it if uh, the Blues somehow come away with this. Um, one thing also, Blues are taking a lot of penalties. And it's not helping them as the Bruins were 4-for-4 four four on the power play in Game 2. It's mostly why they had seven goals on the night. They scored their fourth power play goal with, like, I believe, a minute to go in regulation. just to Right after an empty net goal, too. I so, saw that. So they weren't stopping. Just to add insult to injury. Yeah. Um, and they improved to 6-14 and 14 in the series and 13-29 for 29 in the past seven games. That's pretty that's, solid. That's an insane power play. That's almost... Almost fifty percent of the time, you're you're scoring, yeah. and for the Blues, you don't want to give a power play that many opportunities. And if you do, you need to somehow be able to shut it down. So they they do need to take less penalties. And like I said before, I think this is going to be their frustration game. Mm-hmm. But they can't let that carry over and take dumb penalties because yeah. we we saw that. Well, at, at least I saw that in the. Uh, Islanders Penguin series, the Penguins started to get really frustrated and they took a lot of dumb penalties. Mm-hmm. And the Bruins are if you give the Bruins any sort of opportunity, they're going to take it. And one thing that's interesting is that the Blues were the least penalized team in the league through the first 3 rounds. And they had an average of just about 6 penalty minutes per game. That's that's really not a lot. And you could just show the impact the Bruins make on a team, you know, especially in a Stanley Cup final. When you're playing a team of Boston's magnitude, they're gonna they're gonna play some mind games with you, and it's they're definitely getting into the heads of the Blues, and they're causing them to take more penalties, which is definitely working in the Bruins' favor. But the Blues really need to play a more disciplined style if they're gonna want to shut down this uh, Bruins power play. And last but not least, Ryan O'Reilly is. Usually, uh, 
one of the best faceoff guys for St. Louis. You know, I mentioned that here in the NHL, uh, five things to look at. And he's going up a guy like Patrice Bergeron. So O'Reilly went two for eight against Bergeron and one for three shorthanded. And both of those, a couple of losses that O'Reilly had left the goals on the power play. So, you know, looking at the projected lineup for St. Louis, you also have guys like Braden Shen and, you know, Tyler Bozak and Oscar Sunquist, who's back tonight. Just, you know, you need help on the faceoff. Faceoff's one of the most important things in the game, and people don't really realize that. It's it it's all possession. Yeah, yeah. faceoffs are, are very important, and just going up against a guy like Patrice Bergeron, it's not easy. And Bergeron is showing why he's one of the best faceoff guys in the league. He's winning faceoff after faceoff, and O'Reilly, who's also up there with the faceoff uh, specialists in the league, he's he's coming up short. So. They need to figure out a way to win more faceoffs because it, as you said, it is all about possession, and that's going to go a long way. Hmm. And the one thing I'm always interested in seeing with NHL teams after the playoffs is how many injuries show up. Yeah, you know, always once a team's eliminated, it's this player had this, this player has been playing with this. I, I, I can't wait for that list to come out. I know it's bad to say, but I can't wait for that, that list to yeah, come it's out. It's just because, the, the curiosity factor. Yeah, they're going to say, you know, uh, Patrice Bergeron played games 5, 6, and 7 with a broken leg, and Savino Chara had no face for game 4. Like, it just, it's stupid things like that, but, I mean, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, that, that's just hockey. The, it shows the grit of these guys. Mm-hmm. Any last things before we uh, send it off? Um, I think, as I mentioned a couple times before, I think Blues are going to bounce back and take this one. They're going to go up to Boston, where the Bruins are going to come away with a win and then head back to St. Louis. Bruins are going to close it out. Unfortunately for the fans who in Boston who want to see it happen live at TD Garden, I don't see that happening. They're going to close it out in six in St. Louis. All right, well, with that being said, that's going to do it for this time on Post to Post. We should be having a show next week uh, if the Stanley Cup playoffs are still going on, if they kind of lead to a Game 7, but I'm not sure if it's going to be still going on by then. If I'm positive, I'm just making sure here. Because Game 7 is projected, if necessary, if my computer like to load, uh, game 7 is scheduled for June 12th. So June 12th is next week. Yep. So there would be another. There would be in the, on the 10th. So we would have possibly another show if this Stanley Cup run continues. If not, we will have a show. July 1st. July 1st after the draft and also after the free agency, free agency has started. Thank you for finishing my sentences today. I don't know where I'm at. But once again, thank you once again for listening to our show today. Make sure to listen to us on The Wave and also our podcast. We're available on Apple and Spotify. And uh, anything else, Ryan, before? We're also available on Anchor. Yes, we are on Anchor, anchor.fm, where you can find more of where we are listed, you know, besides Spotify and Apple. So make sure to give us a download and a follow, and uh, we'll catch you all next week.